Hello, listeners. Because of the timeliness of the subject of this podcast, small business and how to deal with COVID crisis, uh, Mike and I decided to release this uh, ahead of our normal release schedule. So we think it's a timely podcast. We hope you enjoy it. And there's a lot of good tips in here. Again, thank you for listening. Welcome to the Unconventional Path, entrepreneurship and innovation stories and ideas. Hi, I'm Balaam Usitz. And I'm Mike Wasserman. Today, we are excited to be joined by Catherine Hover. She is a repeat guest on this podcast, as she was on the show in episode number 58. Catherine is a serial entrepreneur and has founded Pallet, which is a combination cafe, social gathering place, and co-working space. She has also founded several paint and sip locations. This was an impromptu recording of a conversation as Catherine called me and wanted to discuss how the COVID-19 epidemic is impacting her business and how she is pivoting. Over the years, Catherine and I have had several conversations about her businesses as I have been a very minor mentor to her. I did have to edit out a few things as we discussed a few confidential matters in this podcast. So, Bela, this is a really perfect time to have a guest talking about responsiveness and, uh, and adapting and pivoting, uh, given all the changes that are going on in the world right now. Uh, but before we begin this interview with Catherine Hover, we would like to share with our listeners that our podcast is brought to you in part by the law firm of Phillips Lytle LLP. This is a sponsorship that makes a lot of sense to us. Bela, you know this firm well, don't you? Boy, I sure do. I have worked with the key entrepreneurship partners at Phillips Lytle for over 20 years. Their attorneys take an entrepreneurial approach to legal matters, and they have a long history of success with startups. We thank Phillips Lytle for their support of the entrepreneurial community and their sponsorship of the Unconventional Path podcast. Thanks, Bela. And with that, let's move to our conversation with Catherine Hover. Hi. Hello, Catherine. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. Hey, you know, I had an idea. Uh, okay. And since you were a guest on the podcast once before, and so we're, you know, part of our reason for having this conversation is to share some thoughts and ideas about the crisis that's going on, the COVID, and how it's impacting small business. Would it be okay if I recorded this? And Yeah, would it be okay if I recorded this? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Actually, we just um we just got on Zoom and so we're putting we're making like this is one of the things that we're we've always wanted to make all of our events virtual. Um so now we have to. <laughs> okay. So. so great. So uh for those people who are just tuning in for the first time, can you just tell us a little bit about what your business is and what it does? And then, and then we'll dive into sort of what you're doing because of this whole COVID thing. Yes. So um, my name is Catherine Hover. I own Palette Cafe and Community Space in Saratoga Springs, and we are opening in Schenectady uh, this year sometime. Um, and I also own Saratoga Paint and Sip Studio in Saratoga on Henry Street. Um, so ca the cafe piece of it is um, it's just like a very vibrant cafe, bright and airy and full of positivity and joy because we believe that even um, on our best days, we can still have, um, you know, a sense of 
comfort and happiness in just a coffee cup. So that's like our, our whole story. And then upstairs above the cafe, we have a co-working and community space for women and men. And through the needs of our, through our programming and through our events and through our space, we reflect the needs of our membership and we support them in career and in life. So anything from financial literacy, social media 101 to how to negotiate with your toddler and uh, work from home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and now, so that's a place to go hang out, right? It is. And gosh, has the world changed with hanging out in places. Yes, yeah. So I think it's it's all really, I'm just going to put my uh, sound thing off. Um, I just, I think that it's uh, maybe... I, I, I'm unsure of how other people are dealing with this. I'm just trying to stay focused on how we can uh, sustain ourselves through this period of time of being, um, you know, challenged in ways that we never, we, we never have experienced quite yet before. So, um, you know, their, their community is a relevant thing. And I think that in the past we've, we've forgotten just how important it is to have, support and community and and this village-like mentality when you're trying to um, be a responsible adult, um, maybe a parent, maybe you're taking care of a sick loved one and you still have to go to work every day. Um, so in my experience, I felt like I, I really needed to create the community that was missing in my life to support me like in a holistic way, which is, you know, yes, I need to go to work nine to five, but I also have to get my kid off the bus. And so how do I manage all of that? Um, and so I think now in today's time, we're dealing with this COVID-19 outbreak and it's certainly impacting businesses. But for us, I just feel like it makes what we're doing here even more vital, even more important to sustain ourselves, to be here on the other side of this, because people are going to need it. I mean, people, this is challenging um, everyone we know, everyone is impacted by this with their mental toughness. You know, what, what are you going to do when the going gets tough? Are you going to, are you going to be paralyzed by this or are you going to pivot? Are you going to figure out what it needs, what, what it's going to take to keep going? Um, and so we're seeing that right now in real time, we're seeing businesses closing, we're seeing, you know, panic. Um, and you, you, you're forced to really sit with that and think about how is it that you want to show up right now when this is all when all the dust is settled and everything is calmed down which is hard for people to think about right now but it will like everything will continue to go on who who are you going to be in that story you know for me i wanted to be wow she held her she held steady she didn't react in a crazy way she kept moving forward she kept doing what she needed to do and that is that this is like the time that we're real true leaders emerge right like and, and also the ones who aren't. Um, so I, I think it's it's an incredible opportunity to um, to challenge yourself, right? Like, are you really are you really set out for the solo entrepreneur lifestyle? Are you really set out to be a small business owner? Um, it, is what you're doing something so important that you will you'll get through this, or will you fold? Yeah, um, yeah. So that's kind of like where my head is at. Sure. Now, uh, if I remember correctly, you had a, uh, a similar, in some ways, experience with Katrina when you lived in New Orleans. Yeah. So, so you sort of been through this sort of highly stressful, the community is, has been drastically changed because of some events sort of out of your control. Mm -hmm. And what things have you learned from that to help bring you, you know, to where you are today? 
You know, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm certainly being triggered by this experience to remember um, my experience with, in Katrina. Um, I was in college at the time. So I, you know, I, I was, I was 19 when, that, when Katrina hit and I was unaware. I was really unaware of the stress level that like my parents and adults around me were, were dealing with. Um, so it's really causing me right now to be like, Oh my God, like that was, that was really hard. And like, they, what, what did they do? What did they do to get through that? You know, they stuck together, they were supportive of each other. Um, and you know, I use this example. I, and this is the first thing I think about is, um, his name's Mr. Mickey Wartman, right? So right after Katrina, we had all evacuated and um, it was getting time to go back into the city to check on homes, to check on, you know, we were being allowed back into the city. And so what you needed was a boat. You needed, you, need, you didn't need guns because there was a lot of looting going on. Um, and you needed, you know, gasoline. So like, these are the types of things that we, we knew we needed to kind of get in order. And so obviously like, I'm a girl, so I wasn't like really on the front lines of that. But my dad is just such a great storyteller. And, um, you know, when he reflects on and he says, the one place I knew that I was going to be able to go and get the resources that I need to get to our house and to, you know, kind of like rally the troops was Mr. Mickey Wartman's home. The man had generators, he had extra boats, he had always stocked full, um, freezer full of food. And this man and his wife, uh, Ginger Wartman, they basically were that base, base camp for everyone in the whole neighborhood and our entire community all went back to his house, you know? So even through, um, you know, days that were not chaotic, days that were not stressful, people knew that they could rely on Mickey and Ginger Wartman to be the place that they could go and get the support, get the food, get the resources, um, you know, huddle and then, and then out disperse. And it was like every night in the weeks after Katrina until everybody really got back onto their feet, it was like a camp. It was like a base camp. So people had sleeping bags, all their trucks were there and, um, and, and everyone rebuilt together. And that is, that is what, what happens in these moments. People, you, you, they shine. They really, really do. And so I hope to be that person for people. I, um, I know that I present as like fun and flair and, and whimsy all the time, but um, you have to be able to laugh through this. You have to be able to, uh, you know, just be a support system for everyone. And that's, that's most important for me and my, and my members, you know, so we have a, we have 84 members in our community now of women and men who joined us to get just what we're providing right now, support in career and in life. Like, how do you pivot this? How do you, how do you, how do you sustain on the other side of this? Um, and you, you'll, and we'll all see too, unfortunately, we'll see who wasn't prepared, who didn't take it seriously, who didn't have reserves and, and that'll all play out. Um, and so it's just, it, it's being, it, you're just being forced to question that and then decide whether, you know, who, who are you in all of this? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's really, I mean, as you were saying that it, it sort of got me thinking about this notion of your, your, uh, palette cafe is sort of a place of comfort. It's a place where people go. Right. And it's, and now a place like that is a hundred times more important that yeah. people have a place like that to go. Right. Yeah. To sort of talk to others you know, and, and engage in right, keeping the right distance, but, you know, sort of have that. And, and so what have you done in your business to sort of move in that direction and, and sort of go through this pivot given the constraints, right? Because there's a whole new set of constraints now that have been sort of thrust on you as a small business owner that you need yeah. to sort of adapt to and figure out, okay, how can I 
still provide this value, this very mm-hmm. important value to my customers, my members, but at the same time, you know, work within the, the hand that I'm dealt. Yeah. So what you'll, what you'll find is um, like, you know, I've, I've talked to some restaurant owners and they're like, oh, well, they said we have to shut down. So we just have to, we have to be closed. And I don't see it that way. I see that this is an essential business that has to sustain itself. It has to be able to keep, continue, um, you know, generating revenue to, to keep our people employed. I don't believe letting go our entire staff is the right thing to do because they will not be able to pay their um their mortgage on unemployment and or their rent on unemployment. So I, I would rather pay my staff than pay, um, you know, other things that can wait. So I, I think that I just don't look at it that way. I think that my business, I believe my business is essential. So we're just shifting, right? We're going to be doing frozen scones delivered, um, frozen biscuits. This is actually something that our baker has always wanted to do. It's literally something that she wrote when she joined us. And this is, she wanted to unroll, unveil a, or launch a, frozen food product. So this is, look, we're ready. We're ready to roll this out now, now or never, right? So we're going to be doing frozen scones, frozen biscuits. We're doing um, frozen empanadas, frozen spanakopitas, um, chicken salad, chicken Caesar salad, chickpea salad, all to go, ready to go. Um, and and like bacon, t- uh, take and bake is what we're calling it. So, um, and we're going to be get, doing that, rolling that out this week um, because obviously the state has mandated that businesses, non-essential businesses, closed entirely um so that's how we're we're shifting the cafe piece of our business um and then the community space um is we're we're bringing everything virtual and doing it um online through through zoom and through facebook and through instagram and we're just rolling out all these virtual events last night we had a happy hour with our members (laughs) so everyone brought a cocktail or a mocktail to their computer and we we gathered and so this is all it's an incredible time to be in the world right like this is we can do all of this guys we just have to stick together we have to think creatively and we just have to pivot and um and again this is something that we always wanted to do anyway we wanted to have all of our interviews and events and stuff like on our website so now we're just we're having to do it it's just like yeah. the universe pushing us to do what we wanted to do anyway yeah yeah so it's a great it's sort of a great example of, of turning this into an opportunity right and and providing that value and then you know that once we're over this this part of it will still continue there'll, there'll be yeah. a, there'll be a group of your folks who really like doing it this way um, Gosh, right? yes. I mean, it's, so it's it going to be, there's going to be no reason. There's, there's not going to be any way you could um, escape me. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> because you'll be able to come in real life again and you'll be able to come virtually too. And we're doing the same thing with paint and sip. So we're still kind of exploring ways in which we can do um, like kits, p- painted kits to delivered. And obviously we're focusing on our super local community right now, ways in which we could actually drive this to your front doorstep and drop it off. Um, but you know, we're, we're taking it day by day. And I just, I look at every, um, you know, every, every new demand or new thing that's rolling out with the state and, um, is, as an opportunity to stick it out, you know, and I just, I just, it's, it's a disservice to our local economy, to my team, to just close up the doors because um, because I didn't prepare, you know, or not, not that I didn't prepare, but it's just like, you know, it, it, this just goes to show you that this is a global situation, not, not, there is not one community or individual that is not impacted by this. And I think that that's something that 
tends to happen in communities like Saratoga. You know, we have a very high, um, I don't know what, I, I really don't know what the statistics are, but I think I've read somewhere where we have the, the largest disparity in income. We have like high level, um, high wealth individuals in this community. And then we have the, the, the extreme opposite. And so to think that this community is out of touch or just, you know, like is going to be held um, to a different standard is ridiculous, right? Like this, this impacts everyone. Right, right. Um, and I think it's a disservice to my community and to my members to just, to just be paralyzed by this. Yeah. So uh, during this process, sort of how have you engaged with your, your members and gotten kind of feedback from them that, Hey, you know, have you gotten some of these ideas and thoughts from your members? Have you reached out to them? We actually just surveyed all of our members um, this week just to hear from them how they're doing um, through all of this. And I'm sorry, my phone keeps you know going up. But yeah, we, uh, we actually surveyed them this week just to kind of get some feedback from them and how can we show up for them in a way that is really valuable? Because um, obviously that's our main priority as our members right now and making sure that they're they're okay. Um, yeah, yeah. And, um, and so we, through those, through those responses is what we know we need to address in the coming weeks. So um, daily, this is such a huge commitment, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I think it's important. Um, daily, we're going to do um, live here for it, seminar kind of things every day at 10am um, on zoom through our membership um, and on our events calendar. So you'll be able to go like shortly, you'll be able to go to our website, click on our events and see all the events that we're doing. We're daily, we're going to do a 10 a.m. check-in um, with one of our members um, or someone with an expert in their field, right? Like, how do we navigate this from a financial standpoint? What do we do with our money? Do we, do we, you know, all those questions we're going to address. Um, and then at 11 a.m., we're going to do a dance party <laughs> because I just think it's really important to move your body and not be, not be paralyzed by this right, and not, right. you know, just stop moving. Um, and dancing is just like the science proves that it's good for your soul to get up and move. So we're going to do that. And then at 4 PM every day, we're going to do a get your mind right workshop, um, virtual event with someone either from the healthcare industry. Cause we have four doctors that are members here. Um, we have coaches, we have strategists, consultants, they're going to come on board on my, on our zooms and talk about what we can be doing to, you know, just work out this brain muscle that we have to make sure that we can get through this because it's like, that's the first thing to go, right? <laughs> right. When there's like a crisis, the first thing, you know, your brain and what you tell yourself and what you're doing inside this little thing of yours is important. The words that you're telling yourself, um, if, if you're telling yourself that this is not going to end well, it's not going to end well. <laughs> so um, I think that's like really important people's mental health and just brain health that that we're, we're staying positive and we're doing all the things, the actionable things that we can do to feel better about all this. Right. Right. And, and now it's kind of interesting or, or kind of neat the way you've reached out to your members because you have expertise among them and you're we bringing do. them yeah. into this process, right? So you're yeah. making them part of this whole community, which is what a community is all about. It's not just yeah. a one way communication of you sending stuff out. It's how can I get engagement? Right. No. And I mean, this is, again, this is standard operating procedure for us because when, when you join us to, to begin with, you know, we go through this extensive onboarding interview. It's like an hour, an hour and a half. And we ask these questions like, 
Who are you? Why are you doing what you are doing? Why are you embarking on this new thing that you're trying to work out or if you're starting a new career or shifting or creating a new business or really just maybe you're just staying at home with your kids. Um, what, what makes you wake up? What do you want to do? Like, let's get to the root of that. I want to know that on day one so that we can now reflect your needs in our programming and we can connect you quick, more, more like quicker, more quicker with the people that are going to be able to help you and execute those, those goals and reach them. Um, I don't want to wait six months to find out, Oh, Bela, did you get what you wanted out of this community? No, I want to know on day one, what you wanted. Did you want to be connected with three more clients? Did you want to lose 15 pounds? Did you want to, you know, start a new website, like all those things that we can all do those things together. Um, and I'm by no means an expert in any of that, right? But I know people who can help you along. And when you get the goal clear from day one, you certainly have a better chance of reaching it with a, with a collective group of people, like almost like a tribal council to help you make these decisions. Because it's not, it's not easy, right? Like I always say this, like life is hard there are going to be times the, the world just like you know like gives you throws you a curveball and right. how are you going to react to it you know it's like let's just stay on this path of positivity and do the actual work it's hard it's it's really really hard but we can have fun with it we can do this together and look the alternative is just no good right 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 and, you know i think the other interesting thing that you said there was by, by spending this hour, hour and a half with, with prospective members, mm-hmm. it, it also serves as, number one, setting an expectation level to them. And it also serves as a, I'll use the word filter, for those people who say, you know what, this isn't for me. So it's helpful on both sides of that street, right? It, it, yes. So, so you yeah. end up, the people who join you want this type of experience, right? They're willing to give. They're willing to participate. So it reinforces the whole community thing. Oh, it's, it's 100% Bela. I couldn't explain it better myself. I mean, it's like we, we have had two people who, who wanted to join. And when they sat down to do this interview with me or um, Marcella, who is our resident unicorn um, here at Palette, we don't have a resident entrepreneur. We have a resident unicorn who she just does everything we can possibly imagine she can make happen. Um, and again, if she doesn't know what to do, she knows how to figure it out and get there. But, um, you know, when we sit down and do these onboarding interviews, if you're not at in the place in life to answer these hard questions it, some people aren't they're not ready for real change they're not really ready to do the work um they're still in this place of like i don't know i don't know you know like if you really want real change you show up here and we'll help you do it but so we've had two people who were like yeah i can't do this i'm like this is all too much for me that's fine i don't want to work with people who aren't ready i want to work with people who are ready to change the world who take them who value themselves and what they bring to the table those are the types of people that i want to help help more people right um and and also this this is another way in which we learn more about our our members and what they can contribute right it's like you said it's not a one-way street um, and it's, it's why we have such a great community of people there. They are caretakers. They want, they, the, their missions align with ours and they believe that together we can do more. We can help more people, um, showing up as half of it. Right. Um, we say here for it all the time because, you know, half of it is just being here for it. And, um, and you can still be here virtually now. <laughs> yes. Yes. So <clears throat> we, we, uh, started this or the initial contact from you uh, between us was you wanted to have a conversation about sort of bouncing some ideas off of me, 
sort of, you know, just having a, a general conversation. So uh, what were the types of things that you were thinking about? Well, I love to hear, I love to hear your investor perspective, right? Like what, um, what are investors thinking? Um, how, how would you leverage this crisis as an opportunity to invest, right? Like that's, that's kind of like how I see it. I'm like, man, if I had cash, right? Like if you have cash right now, man, you are like Warren Buffett, right? Like this is how you, this is what millionaires are made if money's your thing. But like, this is like, that's kind of how I see it. But a lot of, um, you know, businesses, I would assume think that investors don't think that. And I, I wanted to hear your, you know, uh, from, you know, you're just expert opinion about it. Cause you, you do this angel investing thing and, um, and just like, how do you, what do you, how do you think about all that? So the, the way I think about it is I want to invest in individuals who have your attitude. Yeah. Right. Because th this can happen anytime in a business, right? I mean, we've all seen great examples of, of some business that has a product recall, right? Something bad happens on the manufacturing line, not on purpose, but it just, I mean, look at Boeing right now, right? I mean, yeah. They're, 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 and, and how you react, we've had many of those in, in our history of sort of these product recalls and how you react, how you address that, your transparency and the positive energy that you, you exude when you talk about these things, right? Mm -hmm. That's the type of entrepreneur I think that investors want to invest in, right? And, and so I think that's still the number one thing that people look for. Now, unfortunately, I think the, institutional investors, right? The venture capitalists, the private equity firms, right? I think most of them have hit the pause button right now, right? That's just, man, they don't like change, <laughs> right? For the most part. Uh, and now, but at the same time, change is opportunity. So there will be, there will be those that will make investments and, and, and see what happens. But I think, uh, I remember when, when 9-11 happened, right? We were raising our first venture fund in the midst of that, and, and uh, boy, the, the, the investment business just shut down for like nine months. There was mm -hmm. like nothing that happened. Uh, but I think that's more of a statement about the investment community than it is about people like you who are saying, you know what, I'm going to make lemonade out of these lemons. I'm going to figure out how to do something and how to do it positively and have an impact, right? And you have a business that, that that really uh, uh, aligns itself with doing these types of things, right? If you're now, here's some other great examples, right? So we here at home, my wife and I, <laughs> we're out of hand sanitizer, right? We don't have any more, and we read a little blurb in a paper how one of the local alcohol distilleries has converted their production from making hooch <laughs> to making hand sanitizer, and they're giving it away for free. Yep. Now there's a great Brilliant. pivot, right? There's a great mm -hmm. pivot, right? So, and, 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 you know, we, I've read about others of people doing that type of stuff. So again, these are opportunities, right? And then that sort of, that sort of, and I don't think you need to think about it as a money making opportunity. I think what you're doing is you're building your brand and your identity within the community and that will pay dividends down the road. Right. Mm -hmm. It may not pay dividends okay. right now. Right. But we're, you know, we, we remember where we got this stuff from. Right. People have good memories. 
right? Mm-hmm. And 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 uh, and some people will take advantage of that. Yeah, so be it. But but most people, I think, understand that and remember that, and they will pay it back. So I think that's that's the other opportunity here is it it is to when you do the things that you're doing, when you do the things that the the, the small distillery is doing. That's establishing your identity. It's establishing your brand in the community community that you're in. And I think that is really, really important. Because yeah, get I mean, right down to it, you have nothing else. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, what do you have? You have your health, right? And that's what this is all about right now. Like like the precautions and the and the the closures, like he's doing this the state, the federal government. I haven't really paid attention. I'm not really paying attention to the news as much as I am just trying to figure out like what a pack of people need right now. Like let's deliver on that. Um, but I do believe that people do what is right for the collective, like in the, at the heart of it, you know, of course you take care of yourself. You want to make sure that you're healthy. Um, but I find even, even in surveying our members, the, what they're most fearful about right now is a friend or a family member getting sick. Is that this, isn't that just so insightful into how people operate? Like this, these are, these are not just exceptional. I mean, I, I do think they're exceptional, exceptional because I love them all but you know this is just humans right we're just like we're humans and we care about other people like at the core of us we want everyone to be okay so everyone that everything that everyone is doing is for the collective community right now and it's just this is standard operating procedure for us um and so it's we just got to get back to that this is just almost like a cleansing right it's like cleaning out the people who don't do right and good in the world they're either going to shift their mindset to be better people or they're going to cease to exist and i say move along let's right. let's keep going yeah oftentimes these types of crises and stressful times are great opportunities for us as individuals to sort of reprioritize our lives and get them back in balance to know what's important because oftentimes we end up in places not consciously, but sort of what I describe unconsciously. It's like, we don't even know how we got there, but we're in this place that we're not very happy. And when you have something monumental that happens in your life, it gives you that opportunity to reassess, rebalance, reprioritize, and then sort of, you know, get things going again. And I think this is one of those opportunities. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a conversation with, um, you know, another, another business owner and, and she said, I just, I don't know if, if opening my business was the right thing to do, you know, I'm starting to second guess everything. I said, okay, that's good. That's good. Second guess it, second guess it. And then come to the conclusion that feels good for you. If closing down your shop, if closing the doors indefinitely makes you feel like relief, then that is what you should be doing. Seize this opportunity to close down shop and say, COVID-19 forced me to close my business and now I'm moving on to another direction to do whatever it is that you feel right to do. Right. So like, that's the alternative. That's even like, that's a, that's a great way to look at something in my opinion. Right. <laughs> yeah. I usually feel that's not how I personally feel. So I, I, I'm going to keep, 
I'm going to keep my doors open as long as I can. I'm going to keep my staff employed as long as possible. I'm going to defer a lot of payments that I don't think are necessary until I can get going again. And these are the, so that's how I'm making my decisions right now, right? Because I want to stay open. I want to be around when this is all said and done. Right. Because it will be all said and done. Like this isn't, this isn't going to, um, like we just have to be realistic in the sense that like, this is a, it's all precautionary for our well-being, for our safety. It's not going to last like this right now forever. Like this quarantine thing is not, is going to lift and we will all be on the other side of it or not. Right. So it's just, we have to stay positive and think and think logically. Right. Right. And, and whether you decide to remain open or you decide to close, that still goes back to sort of reassessing your priorities and saying, yes, I'm doing the right things. I'm going to continue doing them. Or you know what? I, what I'm doing is not that important to me anymore. And I'm going to try something else. So either way, it's good. You know, I had a conversation with another. Um, I'm like, so my husband is home full time. He's always been the primary care parent. And so he's managing this whole school from home thing. And um, and he he's loving it. He he absolutely loves being home all day with the kids. And I mean, of course it's challenging. It's, it's not all rainbows and sunshine, but he's, um, he's really getting to know our, like our five-year-old Posey, you know, she, she, we, we forgot how smart she was, you know, and we're like realizing, wow, her little brain has been absorbing everything. And she's, um, she, she's just a really cool person. <laughs> and he's like, I, I just like, I, I was like walking around like, half asleep, you know, and this experience is causing him to really reflect on like, wow, I'm a dad, I'm a parent, I'm awesome, I'm like a role model to these young girls, and he is loving it, you know, and it's, it's literally, how do you want to, how do you want to look at this, you know, get, get right with that about how you want the outcome to be. Again, I think it's easy to be like, oh, the world is ending and nothing's going to go back to normal. Everything's going bad. The markets are crashing. Da, 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 da. But like we've always come back from bear market. Why would this be any different? Of course, we don't know how long it's going to take. But like, you know, hold on for the ride and just ride this wave. That's that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. Right. Like the pivot and trying to think. What, what, yeah. I mean, the unconventional path. Right. 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 Exactly. <laughs> Um, and I, I think I think in this whole experience, you do realize who who truly at their core is a leader, who is an entrepreneur, who is going to be able to make the most of a really crappy situation. Right. Like we are literally in a global crisis. You know, if you can look to somebody through that and see, um, you know, positive outlook and you know, some sort of inspiration. Those are the people you should be paying attention to right now. Not the ones who are, are like, I just can't even absorb that negative right now. Right. It's Cause it, 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 the, the negativity doesn't lead to anything good. No, right? no good. Right. It, it leads you to give up and saying, Oh, well, this is it. And, and we are in more control of our lives than we think we are. Yes. Yes. And, and the other part of it is like, and I was telling this, this other business owner who's just like, I don't know if I should have done this and I'm in over my head and all right, then let this be the reason why you get out, you know, take advantage of that to say, you know what, I shouldn't have gone here. This isn't, this doesn't feel right. And 
I can't handle the stress of this and close. Right. What a great <laughs> right. opportunity to just do that. Exactly. You know? Reprioritize, right? Reprioritize. It goes, goes back to that. At the end of the day, no one cares. No one cares. Like if, um, like, I don't know. I just, I feel like you're a blip in most people's days, right? Like, so no one's going to look back on this and say, Susie, you closed your business and what a disappointment you are. No, they're going to be like, Susie did what was right for Susie, right? right? Susie, you know, took care of herself. She wasn't happy doing what she wanted to do. So she moved on. And she, I mean, there are people even in Katrina and 9-11 moved out of the city after 9-11 because they, they couldn't be there anymore. Now they live in another place. They're super happy. They pivoted their career. They're not in finance anymore. Life is just awesome, right? Same thing with Katrina. A lot of people moved to Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, started new lives, you know? So it's just like, you gotta, you gotta sit with this, right? Sit with it, feel, feel all the feels because you know, not everything is rainbow and sunshine. And usually if you're a really happy person, you also feel very sad sometimes. And sure. it's just, it's not bipolar. It's just being human. <laughs> right. Right. So what, what are the challenges that you see kind of over the horizon? Um, cash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you, if you don't have reserves, you know, you're in a rough spot right now. And, and, and this is, you know, I, I hate to always, I, I hate to ever be thinking like, I always want to be thinking like I have all the money in the world, right? Like if I had all the money in the world, what would I do? All right. That's what I should be doing, you know? And just, you know, even as just like a, um, as a CEO, right. You're always raising money and you're always managing. You're like trying to bring in more money, raising money at some different level. Right. And so you're always working your, you know, uh, relationships and, and fostering them. And just, you never know when, when, when you may need anybody. Right. So I, um, I think that, I think that that is the biggest, you know, in these situations, cash is king, right? So you got to hold on to your cash be able to pay your people and make it through, right? So you got to think about how much money do you do you have on reserve to to sustain this? And this is for personal, like just for personal, like personal bank accounts and business bank accounts. You know, where do you stand? And I think th this is this is the tough place for a lot of small mom and pop businesses. They don't have the reserves. They yes. don't have they don't have three months to wait for SBA to come in and get and lend them money. You know, that's how long it's going to take for SBA to, sh to show up with this sort of thing. I mean, we, how many, how, um, I remember after Katrina, like I didn't even, I don't know if I even qualified for FEMA cause I was, you know, still like under my parents umbrella, but it, it took, it took a while. You don't just get a check the next day. Right. Um, so you have to have the, what resources do these businesses, small businesses, mom and pops, um, there's no, there's no like hidden trust fund, you know what I'm saying? Like we're all just rely, we do a, a lot of us rely on the day-to-day -day sales. So it's going to be very imperative. So if you, just to make sure you have your resources, you know, um, for Katrina, it was boats and ammunition and gas. And in this situation, it's cash. You have to have, um, cash and supply. And if we're going to keep doing food, we need to make sure we can still, you know, keep up with the demand. Um, because I, I do forecast that people are going to want some frozen scones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Deliver to your doorstep. Yes. It's yeah. going to, you know, it's going to go back to, it's going to go back to just like the way things were right. Picking up the phone and talking to Sam, the baker and saying, Hey Sam, I'm going to order a dozen scones today to be delivered tomorrow. You know, it's just going to go back to that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I love that. I think if you are the type of person that um, 
like truly cares about your neighbor and wants to service them, help them. This is, this is the, your prime time, you know? And um, I think it's, I think it's, you know, it's, it's not great, but it's, it's certainly, there's certainly opportunity to, you know, show up for each other and just, and, and do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said before, I think this, this is what sort of builds that strength of community, builds that strength in your employees, right? The, the, the people that, that you've hired and that work in this community, they, they feel value as being part of this. They feel value mm-hmm. in contributing to moving the ball forward, right? Making, mm-hmm. making the place better. And, and, and your, your members as well, because now they're part of this, this group that they can rely on each other, right? I mean, so, so I had two conversations. So one was with an employee and, um, and they said, well, why don't you just lay off everybody? You know, we'll just, we'll just file for unemployment. I'm like, do you, do you know how this could, how long this could last? You know, how long do you think, um, unemployment's going to hold you up and like allow for you to pay for your, your bills? And, oh, oh, I didn't think about that. Right. You know, I thought this was only going to be a week or two weeks. No. Maybe. maybe. No. Hey, that would be great. But what if it's not? What if it's six months? Do you, how, what, what are you going to do then? That's how people get left on the road, on the street, homeless, because they don't think ahead and they don't think about what, what they need to survive, right? Like right now, I need to pay my people what they're getting paid now so that they will be able to to make do. And, um, and I get, I know that there's like a moratorium on evictions and stuff. So you can stay in your house and all that. I get it. But like, I don't know. I just think there's no, there's no, um, I don't think unemployment is the answer. Right. I think, I think that's short term, but we don't know how short term this is going to be. And we should be prepared, you know, if it's not right. Yeah. I think this is going to be a while. And I think the other aspect of, of sort of, keeping your employee family together is that you're going to want them in the future, right? So if, if you lay them off, they're going to go find other things to do because they have to buy food after unemployment runs out or whatever. And, and then when you go to open back up, you're going to have to train all new people. Right. right. So, so I want to, my, what I'm thinking forward to is as soon as we're all back up and running and we're allowed to operate at 100% capacity, I don't want to wait for, to have to bring more people on. I'm not going to wait for any of that. I mean, we're going to be ready because we're, we've been already operating. You know exactly, what I mean? Like, exactly. I just, exactly. It's like shutting down is not, I just, for me is not the answer for my community is not the answer. Um, I, I consider my business essential and until somebody comes and tells me that I'm not essential, I'm going to keep operating and we're going to just do a, we're going to keep our people together. Um, and there's going to be so many ways to stay busy and to stay at work and stay working. Um, and most of our folks are like our local, so they don't need to worry about, I mean, what is there to worry about? I mean, I just, I, I don't know. I just, I just do. I'm not going to lay anybody off. I just don't think that's the right thing to do. Because then it just, it's just a ripple effect, right? So now they're on unemployment. Now they can't pay their bills. Now they're turning to what? What are they turning to? There's nothing else to do, you know? So um, I just, I think that everyone needs to stay busy, stay working as much as they can. And I, I implore people who, but even if you were unemployed, even if you were laid off, find another thing to do right now because there's <laughs> right. so much opportunity. Right, exactly. Exactly. Don't be part of the problem. Be be part of the solution. Be part of the recovery now. Think about how we're all going to come back from this and start working on that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, you're an inspiration. You know that? 
<laughs> yeah. I just, look, I'm just trying. I'm just, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to figure it out. As no, I, go. I, I think, I think yeah, this is great. You know, I mean, I think th- this, this type of attitude is what, is what moves society forward. Right. Th- this I, just, is- I think that, um, I, I have, I have been disappointed by leaders in the past, right? And I've I've looked back at a lot of not a lot, but like Katrina especially, but even on more um more surface level, like with like just crappy boss, right? Like who who didn't act the way I thought she should have acted in this situation or didn't show up just with a with a, with like thinking of compa- like with compassion and kindness. Yeah. Um and I've always said, like, if this, if this, if the opportunity, if, if this situation happened to me, this is how I would react. And this is what's happening right now. We have this incredible opportunity to just like be the leader I wish I had in my life. I wish yeah. I saw on television. I wish I saw scrolling on Instagram. Like, none of it matters. Like, we have to take care of one another, and we have to provide, you know, what we're most valuable at. And I, I love to communicate. I love to talk. I straight talk. I tell everybody exactly what I'm thinking. I don't really sugarcoat anything. Um, I mean, the only sugarcoated thing about me is my pink hair, I think. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I just, I just, I really, um, it goes back to my why, you know, like when, when all this is said and done, I want my daughters and I want the people around me to reflect and say that Catherine Hover, you know, she's, she held steady. She didn't react negatively and she stayed the course and we got through on the other side because of her. Um, and it has nothing to do with me. It's like, I just, I want to, I just want, I want that to be, look, everyone started from somewhere, right? Like a lot of, this is like, we wouldn't talk about most of, um, our leaders that we, that we talk about all the time. Like, like we don't, we wouldn't talk about I don't know. Who, who do you most admire? You know, you probably most admire the, him or her because of a challenging time and how they rose to the occasion. And, and when the going gets tough, really, like when the going gets tough, how are you going to react? You know, I want to react like those people. I don't want to react like the one who had to be carried home because, right. you know, or anything. It's just right. like, all of those right. people were no different than you and me. They were just humans. They were just doing what they thought was the right thing to do. Right. Um, tough times and challenging times strengthen the bonds between people. Yes. Yes. And right? at the end of the day, it's like, this is what matters, right? You just even think about tribes and, you know, just humans. Like, I don't know. There's like, I'm sure there's a history lesson on this about how there was, everyone had their place. Everyone has like their, their value and expertise. And you go and you talk to that person when you need that person, you know? And I just, I think that we all have that inside of us and it's just show it's like pulling that out. You got to pull that out from people. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I'm look, I'm being, I am being very disappointed. I have been disappointed in the last couple of days to see how some of these people, some of the people that I thought, you know, would be able to sustain and make it through and the way that they're reacting to all this, it, it is kind of dis- disappointing. I mean, I, that's I was talking to my husband yesterday and I'm just like, I'm overwhelmed with just how differently everyone is reacting to this. And like, am I, am I exceptional to think that this is a great opportunity to like do the right thing and prove my worth. And, you know, it's all in the execution and it's just like doing what I think is, is right, you know? And, and I also just think like we, we have this, um, this, 
I don't know, imagination about like you hear these stories, right? You hear stories of World War II, you hear the stories of Titanic, and you hear stories of, you know, in the dust industrial revolution and the depression and Hurricane Betsy and Katrina and 9-11 and you and you hear all these stories, right? And you never really have to go through that, you know, it's always just so distant and you never actually think unless you've already been through it, you know, even in Katrina, like I experienced it, but I wasn't the one on the front line. I had parents, I had people around me that were helping me. I was, I was a child, you know? And so it's just like, it's, it's a lot to take on like, wow, I'm in this position right now. People are looking to me. People are calling me. What do, how are you? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to stay open? And it's like, whoa, I am in this position. Like I am the one who decides how we, keep going. And it's, and it's, um, it's just eye opening, you know, this is, this is just the moment that makes or breaks people. Right. So, um, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. Wow. So what else, what else is, uh, what else is on your mind? Well, I have a question about you. Like, did you ever like experience anything like this? Like, were you in the city? Were you living in the city during nine 11? No, 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 I was up here. Okay. Um, uh, so, you know, the only thing that I experienced like this, but I was, I was just a, a little kid. I was just uh, three and a half years old is we were refugees, right? So my mom, you know, I was born in Hungary and there was a, a revolution in 1956. And for some very good reasons, my, my dad decided we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we walked across the border, my mom, my dad, myself. And we ended up in a refugee camp in Austria. And uh, from there, we ended up in the United States. So I I experienced it, but I have, I can't tell if I have memories of that or if it's from what my parents talked about. I I can't distinguish between those two, Mm -hmm. but it, but it clearly impacted my upbringing, right? Because it, that had an indelible mark on my parents. And so, so that rubbed off on me. And, and so it, it gives me this <clears throat> great respect for people who sort of take control of their situation and their own lives. And, and they don't know where, where they don't know what's on the other side, but they know they're heading in that direction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And because and, and, you know, quite honestly, no one knows what's on the other side, <laughs> no. whether you sit, whether you sit on the rocking chair all day long or whether you get off that rocking chair and and go in some direction neither one of you knows what's on what's what's going to happen the next day so so i think it gives me a lot of respect for that and that was certainly one of the values that i grew up in in a family like that right and i think that also gave me my sort of entrepreneurial juice mm-hmm. of of willingness to try new things right it's like what's the worst thing that can happen right yeah. i'm not going to starve to death right right, right. Yes. Right. And, and it's just like, you know, from, from even from like an investor standpoint, it's like, so what's the worst going to happen? Like, you're just going to lose some money. And it's like, right. when you don't have any money. It's not like you're losing much. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I, I think large parts of our society are driven by money in a bad way. They're, they're, they're using money as a way of keeping score as and and they use that as a proxy for their value into society. Uh, when in reality, 
money is a mechanism to help improve society and do things for the better good. And, and we do very little of that, uh, I think. Most of the times it's about how can I make my pile bigger than your pile? Right. <laughs> and, and, and what do I do? As opposed to saying, jeepers, you know, we, we have a bunch of homeless people. And, and how can we help them? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, in, 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 in the world picture, that's a hell of a lot more important than adding another $2 million to my bank account. Right. So, so there's, there's like a huge, there is a, um, there is this mindset, right. That like that homeless person got there because of the decisions that they made. And now I have the money and I'm not going to help that homeless person because they did that to themselves. And it's, it's situations like we're in right now, those people who think that like in their core, that they are not going to help their brother or their sister will is is driving around in a car they can't afford or living in a house that they can't afford they're gonna be upside down on houses it's like it's it's a cleansing i really do feel like this is a cleansing everyone's gonna know where everyone stands and i don't think that's a bad thing at all and i think that um it's just it's it's um i i 100 agree with you about the money thing you know and I, i i again i can remember like Growing up, I would be so frustrated, like in high school, I went to I went to an all girls private school. And I remember having this conversation with my parents about like, I had to start driving their old car, you know, when I got my license and all these other girls, you know, the daughters of doctors and attorneys and politicians, my mom and dad, a teacher and a home construction contractor. And, um, and I just like, and my dad said, Katie, none of those people are any better off than you, you know, at the end of the day, none of that matters, right? Like none of it matters. Can you get from point A to point B in a safe vehicle? That's all that matters, you know? And so it's just like this thing where it's like, we, if this is all just going to be very relevant right now, like who's who, none of it, it doesn't matter how much money in the bank you have right now, because we're all in the same boat, right? Like we're all in a, in a boat that's sinking. And so what are we going to do to kind of like start pailing out the water and start pushing things aside so we can get through the other side right. together, together. Right. Right. Well said. Well said. So what yeah. are what next for you? I mean, are you, are, so I guess all the, the biz lab stuff is getting pushed off. Yeah. So, uh, we, we've canceled those talks, uh, just because of what's going on. Right. Yeah. Can't, can't have more than two people within 15 feet of each other. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully the, we just canceled April. So hopefully we can get May on the docket. Uh, so uh, we will definitely get you to to be a guest speaker at one of those. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it'll be great and, and, and it'll be wonderful. I so, met, uh, um, I actually met Rick. I invited him to come see the Schenectady space because it's right up the street. And um, yes. I think he was kind of you know, a, a bit guarded, you know, cause it's a co-working space. And he's like, well, we have a co-working space and how are we going to do this? And I was like, whoa, like we're not in competition. Like what I'm doing is totally different than what you're doing. And, you know, I'm only helping people if they want help. It's not like a, it's not like a, you know, a co-working space. It's so much, right. it really is so much more than that. It's become so much bigger than I ever could have imagined. But, um, and so I think he, he was like, he was starting to pick it up. Well, it's a, it's a different model than the traditional business incubator, right? What you have is a very different model. And, and it, it may result in some of the same things, but 
but you're coming at it from a, a totally different approach, which I think is the cool thing about it, right? So the business incubator model has been around for 30, 50 years. So let's let's see if we there's another way to sort of get this energy and, and, and get people working together in sort of trying a different model. And, and, and I think, I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I mean, I am focusing on women and just because I am one and I know that I really know the experience of, and the lack of resources that I've had throughout trying to start businesses and also be a mom and deal with that. I mean, I've like, it's, no one knows how hard it is to come by money and to get asked for what you want um and and all of that stuff like i do so i just and i and i know that there's so much um opportunity in women right now like just to believe in themselves and to just ask for what they they want you know and and then deliver on it um so just in other news we we did have two investors on board to do the schenectady one pulled out and so then the other investor is kind of like i just want you to be mindful of your timeline i just don't think that it's going to happen in in may now and i'm like yeah i know it's not gonna happen in may but it's still happening and i think that you know to to back off on that now is going to be a disservice to to all the work that i've done up until this point yeah um, so so I, I i think that you know none of us know when when this crisis will pass but you want to be ready when it does right. and and my and my guess is just like we got pretty short notice about this whole thing coming, I think we're going to get relatively short notice about, okay, I mean, it might be a couple of weeks, but it's, you know, we're going to, we're going to be okay. And man, yeah. you, you want to be ready because there's going to be a lot of pent up sort of opportunity to, to, okay, let's go, let's start running again. And, yeah. and so I think you want to be careful when you hit the pause button, not to hit it too permanently. Right. It's, right. it's really not a pause button. It's more of a let me check my priorities. Let me make sure I'm working on the things that matter. And if I can if I can do these other things at a later point in time, OK, I will, because maybe that'll save me some cash now. But the key important things I'm going to keep working on. So I think I think very few people move at your pace. So I think I think you you need to be cognizant of that. Right. And yeah. and so. And, and you're, you're a, you're a six Sigma, you're outside six Sigma person, right? If you understand what I'm saying, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're out in the, and I, and I mean, this in a good way. You're out in the fringes of sort of the yeah. normal person. So, so it takes people a while to sort of, it takes some people, some people grasp onto that immediately and other people, it takes a while for them to garner that comfort and that trust mm-hmm. that, that this is okay for me to do, right? Yeah. Because they're very guarded, right? Because you have to you have to remember people people who have wealth, they are approached every day by somebody asking them for money. Mm-hmm. Right? Whether it be a foundation or whatever, right? Every day. So so I think they build up this shield around them. Uh and and persistence is important, right? And engagement's important. And I think you're exactly exactly right. Get them involved in the process, right? Get get them to be part of the team. Think of them just like an employee almost or a partner, right? Yeah. And get them engaged. Help them ask for their opinion about stuff. Right? Yeah. Right? Because that's bringing them inside, 
right? Mm-hmm. And, and angel investors who do that want to be on the inside. I think that's one of the reasons they do it. They want to be on the inside. They like to be engaged. So are you using the beginning of this interview for your podcast? If, if it's okay with you. Yeah, I'll oh, listen yeah, cool. to it and I'll, I'll edit some of these where we talked about specific people. Yeah. I'll get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I appreciate you so much. You're just like such a wealth of knowledge and experience and and you you helped me uh, along. So I really appreciate that. I'm on the right I'm on the right trajectory. Well, thank you very much for saying that. I appreciate it. That's Yeah, no. Knowing that I knowing knowing that I do that is why I do this. So thank you very much. Awesome. Yeah. So keep on, keep it on. Makes me feel good. Thanks. Awesome. All right. Well, I'll talk to you soon. Stay in touch. Anytime. Bye bye. All right, bye. Bela, what an interesting and inspira- your words, inspirational talk uh, that you had with Catherine. It sounded like it was kind of a one of these things that just developed uh, serendipitously. Um, and it was just perfect timing to have this conversation. This may be dated by the time some listeners uh, tune in and, and hear this. And uh, if so, we apologize. But, um, you know, you and I both have been uh, observing and talking with our friends who are entrepreneurs and people who work for small businesses and people who work for big businesses. And there's so much uncertainty right now um, with uh, this is what week two, I would say, of the uh, the major part of the crisis uh, in the United States and in Europe. It had been happening in in uh, in in China since January. <coughs> uh, excuse me. Um, so I think usually we don't like to date these, but I think it makes sense to say we're recording this, uh, what March 24th, 2020. Uh, so we're really right in the midst of this. There's a lot of uncertainty in the, in the air. And if you're listening to this sometime in the future, hopefully we'll, you're looking back on this and saying, ah, it was not that big of a deal, but, um, but yeah, everybody's really, um, uh, a little frightened and uh, a lot of people are wondering if their businesses are going to be able to continue. And if so, how? So I think this was just a perfect time for us, for you to have this conversation, Bella, and for us to kind of insert it to the front of the queue and get it out there um, to help, hopefully, some of our listeners who might be struggling with some of these same issues. So my first question for you, Bela, is um, how does what Catherine was talking about in terms of pivoting and in terms of being um, responsive... Um, how do you respond to that? Is there are there some general takeaways that we can offer everybody? I mean, it made sense with her cafes and her uh, paint and sip businesses. Um, what are the general takeaways that we can offer for entrepreneurs in uncertain times? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. You know, we have to put this in, in a little bit of, of context given the the where we are geographically. So, in, in the last two weeks, given what's going on with COVID nineteen in the world uh, within New York State, we have basically shut. New York State down. So all non-essential businesses are closed. Uh, that means your employees can't come to work. <laughs> you can't go to work. Uh, you have to fundamentally stay at home. The only thing that's open are grocery stores and you know hardware stores for repairs and some auto repair stuff and public transportation. That's it. So if you run a business, all of a sudden your world has changed drastically. So there's a lot of lessons here. And, and this is this time the driver was COVID-19, but you never know what the driver is going to be in the future, right? It, it could be a big competitor opens up next to you. It could be, you know, all sorts of things can ha- happen in the world that, that can change your world immediately. So how do you react to that? How do you sort of respond? What do you do? <clears throat> and I think so. There's some interesting takeaways here, Right. One of the things that I have, I always say to my class in my classes is everything that we have in this world 
is a result of someone willing to try something new. Right? Think about it. Everything we have, someone was willing to try something new. It's like, you know, if you go way back, someone someone saw a fire and they said, hmm, I'm going to bring that into the cave so we can stay warm. Well, that's sort of a scary idea to bring a fire into the cave to keep warm. Uh, but the point is, you got to try something new. And this is the perfect opportunity to try new things. So you think about what value are you providing to your customers? And, you know, Catherine and I talked about this. She provides a social gathering place, a place where people can interact. Well, all of a sudden, you can't do that anymore because of this COVID-19 virus. People can't get together. So, so are there other ways that you can provide that? And I think she talked about every at 5 o'clock every day, they have a big online uh, video conferencing session where people can join in right? And, and they tell stories about what happened to them in that day, et cetera. So kind of keeping your social connections going, but she had to figure out a different way of doing it. It's no longer people physically getting together. We have to think of a different way of getting together. And, and we have technology that enables you to do that now, you know, using video conferencing, but that's not the only way you can do that. You can do that by, by doing a blog, a group blog, or posting things to various different uh, blogging type or writing, you know, uh, pieces of software, et cetera. So there's a bunch of different things you can do. You can do it in the old fashioned telephone, right? Uh, But you got to think about what value you're providing to your customers and what are the different ways that you can provide that. And I'll submit to you, those are good things to do even under normal times, because that's how you discover new opportunities. So what did you think, Mike? Yeah, it's strategic thinking. And it is. It's this idea of finding new delivery mechanisms and new revenue streams, right? So thinking about the frozen scone business, right, um, is trying to understand how you can still make some revenue and pay the bills that you have uh, to make it work. I loved her focus on her employees saying, so on one hand, she focused on her customers with value uh, providing value through alternative mechanisms, like you just said. The second part of what I what really impressed me was her focus on keeping her employees employed and finding ways to make sure that they don't have to go on unemployment. Lots of companies are doing that. I understand it. I totally get it. Some of my friends have businesses where that was the first thing they did. Um, I think there's probably some businesses where that's the only thing that you could do. But if there's any way that you can keep your employees working, not only I think is it better economically, but it's better for their well-being. Right, as long as you can protect their physical health, right, and make sure that, that you're not increasing the spread of the disease, uh, work is good for people's well-being. It's good for their self-worth and things like that. And I believe that. So I, I really appreciate it. And maybe it's giving your employees the choice, right? Do you want to take time? You know, I can lay you off, right, or I can keep you on board, um, maybe with some reduced hours. But I really thought that that was a, a pretty valuable approach and doing everything you can to to try to keep the paychecks coming for your workers so they can pay their their rent and their and their and their um, utility bills and things like this. Um, so yeah, but I love the positivity and I think that's important. A lot of if you you know she said she doesn't read the news and if you read the news, there's a lot of negativity and a lot of uncertainty and I do think positivity can go quite a ways to reduce your stress and to help open your mind to 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 new ideas and new ways of conceptualizing your business and and your well being. Um, so I, you know, I love the, let's turn this into a positive and let's do what we can to make positive change. Every cloud is a silver lining. Um, I say that 
fully understanding that people have relatives and close friends that are sick and dying from this. Um, so I don't mean that in a, in a flippant way, but it work, if you can focus on your customers and focus on your employees to providing value, that's in, inherently a positive, uh, a positive, uh, task. And it, I think it allows people to, uh, to stay positive and stay health, healthy mentally. I, uh, so, so I, I thought what she was saying was great. And I thought that that's a real, she's a real role model in that sense of, um, trying to figure out ways to, to creatively grow your, build your business and, and keep your customers, uh, keep your employees, keep them all, uh, in, in, in as good a shape possible as we go through this period of great change. Yeah. You know, I, I want to build upon this, uh, positivity a, a little bit because you could, you could just feel her energy, you could sense it. And, and she was very, very positive. And I think in these times, it's important to have that positive attitude as a leader, right? So this is a real lesson in leadership, I think, also, where where you have to be positive. Uh, you have to be credible, which I think she certainly is. Uh, so you can't be Pollyannish, but you have to be positive and you have to be credible because your employees, your customers sense that. Right, they they sense the energy you're vibrating, and if you're vibrating negative energy, they're going to pick up on that. They're not going to want to be attracted to it for the most part. But if you're vibrating positive energy, both your employees and your and your customers will be much more likely to engage with you and remain your employees and customers. So this whole notion of thinking about what energy you're vibrating—are you vibrating out or transmitting, you know, positive energy? Or are you transmitting negative energy? I think is a real important lesson in leadership. Yeah. So rule one: don't freak out and 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 lead positively. And second is find some creative ways to stay in business and pay your employees without putting them at risk. So working from home, working in quarantine, right? Doing things online, whatever you can do to make sure that your employees uh, are healthy and safe, but that you can employ them and generate revenue. Uh, it's a fine line to walk, Bela, but I think it's a nice takeaway there as it's, uh, it's a big challenge. Uh, the other thing she said is using this as an excuse to shut down a business, right? If it's not making you happy. And I thought that was really cool and honest and direct and something that's really important. So that was kind of the flip side, right? That was a surprise in some ways, but not what I was expecting. Yeah. Well, she talked about, uh, her acquaintance, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think you're, you're exactly right. And, and we sort of talked about that and elaborated on it in the, in the, in the conversation with Catherine. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a great opportunity in many ways, right? If you're in a situation, but you know, it's a great opportunity to reassess where you're at. And it's also a great opportunity that if, if, if it's not going well, you're not happy before the situation came up, Right. This could be the thing that that gives you the reason to okay, you know what? We're just going to shut this down and 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 try something different. And that's okay too. Crises crises do that. They make they they make good businesses that react positively and and can carry the energy forward stronger and the ones that that are are maybe not performing as well as they should, uh those are the ones that oftentimes uh Close down. So oftentimes these crises or these drastic changes in economics uh, doesn't have to be a crisis, a health crisis like this, but it could be a change in economics. It could be a change, a political change. It could be anything. Uh, those things are often very Darwinian acts uh, for when it comes to the uh, business world. And this is a face saver, right? This allows people to save some face, right? And say, yeah, we shut down and this is why. It's an right. external attribution, which 
you know, it's a, it's a cognitive trick in some ways, but if it helps go for it, right? We're giving you permission. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what do you think? Wrap this one up, Mike. Yeah, let's wrap it up. Uh, some great takeaways today in a time of crisis, as we said at the outset of our discussion, Bela, we're recording this on March 24th, 2020 in the, uh, throes of the, um, COVID-19 crisis. Uh, and we had a great interview with Catherine Hover from the front lines of entrepreneurial uh, startups and where you're at. And uh, well, I guess we call that the capital region of New York State. Uh, but this is being replayed all over the U.S., all over the world, certainly here in Germany, with entrepreneurs really struggling to figure out what the next moves are and some really good guidance about staying positive um, about focusing on how you can still provide value uh, for your customers, albeit in a different way than you're used to, uh, and see trying to make sure that you can keep your workers employed, but doing that while to keep them safe while they can be um, sheltering in place or whatever the rule is, whether you're in California, or New York, or Germany, um, so you can do it without uh, without putting anybody's health at risk. So that's a big set of challenges, but uh, it was, I think, a great conversation to help us steer the ship uh, to hopefully calmer waters um, in the weeks and months ahead. So viewers, our listeners, we're happy that you joined us this week in our kind of special edition podcasting adventure. Uh, and we hope that you found the last hour interesting and thought-provoking. Um, at this point, we want to thank once again, Phillips Lytle LLP for sponsoring our podcast and remind our listeners that if you need good, solid advice, starting funding or selling a business, whether you're a single person startup or working on a nine figure exit, Bela and I can confidently recommend the attorneys at Phillips Lytle. Hey, Bela, what's the best way for listeners to get in touch with them? So for more information, you should reach out to Rich Honan, who is a Phillips Lytle partner, and you can call him at 518 518- 618-1225, or you can reach him online at rhonan at philipslidle.com. And you can always find his contact information in our show notes. And I'm sure he's working at home, Bela, right now, but I'm sure he'll respond to, to phone messages and, and emails in a timely manner. So listeners, thanks for joining us this week. If you have questions about what we discussed or suggestions about topics or potential guests, get in touch with us. Hey, maybe you can even listen to some back episodes of our podcast if you're sitting at home under quarantine and have some extra time on your hands. Uh, and if you really want to share some opinions with us, we're happy to, to, to talk with you via email. Our email is bela.and.mike at gmail.com. Uh, and so feel free to get in touch with us. And please do subscribe if you haven't already. We have lots of great guests in the pipeline. So until next week, signing off from upstate New York. Have a great week, Mike. Thanks, Bela. From here in my home office in Münster, Germany, hope everybody has a healthy um, and reasonable week uh, under the circumstances. 